The book of Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 15. I'm going to read it to you from the New King James, and I'm going to preach it to you from the New Living Translation. This is lesson number 5, maybe 6, on the mission and vision of South Metro Ministries. If you guys got the statement there in the media room, and I may not have said it to you, if you got the mission and vision statement, if you could put it on the screen for us. If not, go right to the text. Because we've been talking, there we go. For two weeks, I preached to you on the, the mission statement, the first part, love, 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 love. Everything is built on the love of God, if you're walking with God. Can I get an amen? Then I said, well, once we come and experience the love of God, and that's what we want, we want a South Metro Ministries to love and embrace everybody like Jesus does, as they are. But Jesus never met anybody and left them like they were. He made them better. He helped them to get better. Then there's that growth, and I spoke about it. For two weeks, growing in the grace and the knowledge. And I, and I told you about reading your Bible and praying and church membership and water baptism and, and, and growing in, the, in personal disciplines. And then today is the third of our three major points of why we exist, purpose. And so the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Aren't they, church? Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. While that's on the screen, let me read to you from the New Living Translation. Well, here it is. Thank you for putting it there. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. But be like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly. But understand what the Lord wants you to do. Today is about purpose. And here's the title for the message. Don't waste your life. Oh, I already feel the anointing. I want this moment in time to be transformational for you. You don't need another sermon, and I don't need to preach another message. What you and I both need is to fulfill our purpose as Christians and whatever else you are. Don't waste your life. I want, I want when you leave here today... I don't know the depth of your walk, the height of your walk. I don't know if you're even saved. Or you, well, but when you leave here today, you will place such value on the rest of your life that you won't let it be wasted. And that's my prayer for me. Stretch your hands in, in, in my direction. Would you honor me and help me by praying for me? I, I cherish that. Father, in Jesus' name, I know I preached the first service, but I'm not that good, God to preach without you. I'm not here to be an orator. I'm not here to be an entertainer. And I'm not here just to decorate the pulpit because this church needs a preacher. I'm here on an assignment from you, God. One day you're going to look me in the face and you're going to say to me, either well done or otherwise. And I want that to be said of all of us here today. Well done. I want every one of us here today, God, to be 
receive us of the word and do us of the word. I pray for transformational, spiritual transformation today. And when we're changed spiritually, it works itself out in our flesh. Thank you for the privilege. In Jesus' name and the church, say amen. Amen. And you may be seated in the presence of God. Now I'm going to get right into the word with you. In these verses that Paul writes, the people of Ephesians and the church of Ephesus, he gives some good advice in finding our purpose in life. Do you ever wonder, why am I here? Why did God create me? Why was I born in this family? It's amazing how God works. I was born, as most of you know, on the island of Trinidad. The island is 65 miles long, 35 miles wide. In 1968, my mom and dad, after serving in ministry for numbers of years in Trinidad because they were both converted from Hinduism, we migrated to the United States in November 12, 1968. I was 11 years old. I'm 58 years old now, and through the course of that journey, I have asked the question, why am I here? Why was I born in Trinidad? Why was I born to my mom and dad? Why couldn't I be taller? Why couldn't I keep my hair? Huh? Why couldn't I sing like so-and-so or preach like so-and-so? Why am I here? Was I created just to suck air and let it out and then one day die? What's my purpose? Is my purpose just to get up in the morning, take care of my needs, get dressed, have a cup of coffee, a few parents, Get the kids to the bus, I mean the parents of younger ones. Get all your stuff together, grab your cell phone and all the other stuff. Get in the car, head to work. Already running late. Work eight to ten hours, come home. Figure out what you threw in the sink out of the freezer before you went to work and how you're going to make that work out. Throw it in the oven, put the clothes in the washer. We don't have a system yet where he puts it in the dryer right after you put it in the washer. You got to do that too. Get the kids to do their homework. Cook the food. Text everybody that the food is ready. Because they ain't coming by your yelling. Huh? That's what Kimberly did yesterday. She had just recently texted her mom and I. You know Kimberly and JC in Lakeland. They live up in Maryland and Germantown area, Clarksburg, and they have 10 inches of snow and uh, and, and he had to shovel his way out of his driveway to get to church this morning. And so she had just texted her mom and, and I and sent us a picture of Lakeland going down the slope and enjoying the snow. And then, uh, then she forgot. She tagged us on. The chili is ready. The chili is ready. Come on down. <laughs> and you text everybody. You call them. The dinner's ready. And the next thing you know, they put up the dishes. You wash the dishes. You go put the clothes in the dry. You, you get the kids, uh, you know, in the bathtub if they're, you know, young. And you take care of their needs. And, and you go in the house and you finish up and you lay out your clothes for tomorrow. And you go to bed and you get up and you do the same thing over and over. Is that your life? Oh, we got to pay our bills. and that's it. But what is our purpose? Number one. The Word of God says, be careful. Don't waste your life. So be careful. How many times have you heard these words from a caring mother or father? If you are a mother or you are a father, a grandmother, a grandfather, how many times have you said those words? Be careful. Be careful. I told Valerie, when I want something to be done that that I'm a little coward to do, I'll tell Valerie. As it relates to the family. 
And so I told Valerie, because Kimberly is, is only about six, uh, uh, maybe seven, seven weeks out from having a granddaughter. And, of course, she's in Maryland. Of course, it's snowing. I said to Valerie, tell Kimberly not to go to church tomorrow. I didn't tell you that, because you all ain't got no snow here. <laughs> I said, she's pregnant. She's, she's 10 inches of snow. I said to Valerie, tell Kimberly, be careful. That's what, that's what I was after. Get them one out in the, in the snow and the ice if she falls. And, you know. How many times have, 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 have we said it because we love, we love our children. We love our grandchildren. Our parents love us. They've had, they've had some journey ahead of us. And they know some pitfalls and some rough places. And they want to keep us from wasting our life. The Apostle Paul writes to the church at Ephesus and he says, don't waste your life. Be careful. You want, you, you want to write this down. Pay attention to how you live. Pay attention to how you live. There's a right way to proceed in life and there's a wrong way to proceed in life. You, you want to get this. How many of you have discovered that you don't accidentally do the right thing? Y'all didn't hear me because only five of us. How many of you uh, discovered you don't accidentally do the right thing? You've got to be thinking to do the right thing. You can accidentally do the wrong thing by hanging with the wrong crowd or having insufficient information and making the wrong decision, but you don't accidentally do the right thing. You've got to plan it out and purpose it out and say to your flesh and say to other influences, no, I've drawn the line in the sand. I have some mora- morality and I'm not going to cross the line and mess up. So be careful. Be careful how you live. If our lives are going to be meaningful and purposeful and wholesome and rewarding, we have to exercise some thought. <laughs> oh, God, help me, Jesus. Think, 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 think. They say we only use 10% of our brains. I know some folks ain't using one, but we'll go on. Paul gives us some directions about living a purposeful life. Don't waste your life. Give me the next bullet, if you will. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Wow. You know, I have come as a a pastor and as a living human being, aside from being a pastor, and observed how people can waste their life. You don't have to be a pastor or a scientist or some kind of a college graduate or whatever. You just have to watch people live their lives and around you to know how some people make poor choices and waste their lives. For example, the abuse of drugs and alcohol. And other substance that can lead to addiction can shorten one's lifespan or kill them. Bad, unhealthy habits can lead to a progression of the destruction of your life physically and spiritually. Elvis Presley wasted some of his life. Because he was a very talented singer. But he died, as we're told, from the autopsy of an overdose of drugs. Every Sunday, give me some light down here. Every Sunday morning on my way to church, 
just about. I make it, I, I got this regimen. I listen to every Sunday morning, Whitney Houston singing. I go to the rock. I don't know if you've ever heard that gospel song. I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builder rejected. I run to the mountains and the mountains run by me. The earth all around me is sinking sand. On Christ the solid rock I stand. When I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I go to the rock. And me, me and every Sunday morning, me and Whitney singing that song. Because ain't nobody could sing that song like Whitney. But she died too soon. Whitney died too soon. Her daughter, Bobby Christina, I'm praying for. And you ought to pray for her. For almost three weeks, Bobby Christina at age 21 has been in a coma. And I don't want Bobby, I want the curse to break if there's a curse. I want Bobby Christina to rise up one day and sing, I go to the rock of my salvation. I want to see her turn around. I don't want her to waste her life. You listen to me when I tell you. The talents that have died too soon. When Robin Williams died... It got me because he died of the symptoms of depression and its accompanying appendages. Robin Williams made people laugh all over the world. By saying inciting him doesn't mean I condone everything he did, but he, he had a gift. Some of his life was wasted. Anybody hearing me here today? And go down the list of athletes. Go down the list of actors and actresses. Tonight is the Oscars. Go down the list of people who made the wrong choices. Who put stuff in their veins they shouldn't have done. Put stuff in their bodies they should Hung around with the wrong crowd in the wrong place at the wrong time. And wasted their life. Put back on the screen. Don't live like fools, but be wise, saith the Lord. Don't waste your life. I, I, I got to tell you that in our culture, in America, we have lost our moral compass. In America, nothing is wrong anymore. And sexual promiscuity is condoned on all levels of our anti-Christian culture and even in the Christian culture. Listen to me, I'm going to be very raw here, but I'm going to be very sensitive to our audience. Sexual promiscuity. Teenagers having sex with each other and being given birth control by the school system to say, if you're going to do it, keep it safe, is wrong. I said it's wrong. It's not. Sexual intimacy was made for the marriage covenant and the marriage bed. And anything else will, 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 will waste your life. Oh, <laughs> help me, Jesus. This, this business, this nonsense. 
men and women who are married. And they go to work and they find a friend of the opposite sex. And they start talking about, well, we're struggling a little bit in our marriage. But it's so easy to talk to you. I wish you were more like my husband. Next thing you know, they're going to, out to lunch together. Then they're texting each other. Then, then they stand a little later after work telling their spouse, got a little extra work to do. <laughs> L- listen to me. You know, it's amazing to me how people come for counseling to me and they think I'm stupid. <laughs> Sorry, honey, I wasn't supposed to use that word. S-T-U-P-I-D. <laughs> I know they're lying through their teeth and they're committing fornication and adultery. And I've asked them, is there somebody? Oh, no, Pastor. Brothers and sisters, you better be glad I'm short and I ain't got a lot of muscles because I done be sending some of you all to jail a long time ago and me going with you for slapping you. <laughs> this business of, of how, uh, and next thing you know, it's God's will for me to leave this. It ain't God's will for you to leave no marriage unless your spouse committed fornication and adultery or you're physically abused. Okay, but, but don't, be, don't be living with no guy that's beating the daylight out of you. Shoot him and then leave. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I lost myself in the audience. It's a good advice. I have no tolerance for men abusing children, women abusing children, and each other. But listen to me. But this business... Hollywood shows you all kinds of scenes of sex, and they never show you the sexually transmitted diseases. They, they, they never show you the gonorrhea, and they never show you how you can shorten your life because you, 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 you couldn't co- control your urge. And these, these young people and, and these slick-talking uh, young men that say to their, to their girlfriend, well, if you love me, we'll go ahead and do it. No, you, if, you love, if, if you love her, you'd respect her enough not to infringe upon her purity. Can, can I get an amen, somebody? Listen to me. And, and, and then there are those who say, we are consenting adults. And we both. And then there are people shacking up together, living together. Pastor, I'm going to just shuck the corn while I'm in the field. Pastor, you know I can't afford no apartment by myself. And I can't afford no house by myself. So he and I, we just sharing the rent. You're lying. I'm telling you, don't waste your life. You didn't come to no church where the preacher has three points in a poem and you go home and forget what's said. I'm here to be the agitator in your washing machine. Let's get the dirt out. Fooling yourself. Wasting your life. Wasting your... Somebody done went told you you're Don Juan or you're some kind of beautiful actress when you ain't nothing, my friends, except for the grace of God. Don't just give yourself to any man and any woman over and over again and ruin your life. Some of you are living on what's called lust, and there's no love in it. What's love got to do with it? A whole lot. Ruin your life. You listen to me. I'm a pastor. It affects the church. Some of the greatest anointed men and women of God have fallen prey to sexual immorality. Men who've led mega churches and preached campaigns all across the world have fallen in in a moment of lust, 
thinking it's all right and I'll be okay and me and God got something going. And let me tell you, let me say, I know I'm no Don Juan. I know I'm not no fancy looking handsome somebody, but I'm here to tell you, I am going to keep myself pure. I'm married to this woman for 36 years and we started together. And the Bible says one man, well, one woman until death do us part. And if we got some issues, we'll work them out. But by God's grace, he will keep us pure. Somebody help me praise the Lord. Live right. Don't waste your life. Oh, I got to hurry. You know what? One another way you waste your life, or you can, or I can, is hanging around the wrong crowd. Improper relationships. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6.14, do not be unequally yoked. Write this reference down. You need to share it with your friend when you see hanging around with the wrong crowd or going to marry the wrong person. 2 Corinthians 6.14, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? We waste our lives when we engage in relationships with people who can waste precious time in our lives and destroy us. Let me tell you about this. The people you're hanging with are either adding to you or taken from you. You all didn't hear me. People you're hanging with, you are either adding to them or taking from them. They're either taking you to another level up if they're full of the Holy Ghost and love God and respect God and respect what's right. Or they're dragging you down to the pits of hell. And you hear me when I tell you, friends, you are who you hang with. Now, if you already know before you get married, they ain't saved, and they don't want to get saved, and they're only going to church to keep you happy, you need to show them the exit sign out of your life. Y'all didn't hear me. Their mother couldn't even get them saved. Their preacher, some preacher in Sunday school, or, or when they're growing up, wouldn't get them saved. Oh, they, 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 they know how to talk, and they, they got you persuaded. We'll, we'll work it out when we get married. If they ain't saved before you get married and they ain't living right and they won't even get a job before you get married. Won't even pay the bills before you get married. And all they're doing is drinking it and, and snorting it and, and, and pushing it in their veins. What makes you think you're somebody special that you could change their life after you all get married and you'll go to church together? That's a bunch of junk. If they ain't living right before you get married, don't marry and waste your time over somebody that don't care about their soul much less yours. And then when you mess up after I told you that, don't come to me for counseling. (laughs) I'm counseling you right now. Get rid of the fool. That's what the Bible says. He called, in a couple places, he called people fool. Get rid of the fool. Oh, this is good preaching. I'm enjoying my therapy. You know what? You, You... Improper relationships. Samson, in the Bible, got involved with Delilah. She was the Philistine. She was the enemy of the Jews. Samson's job was to kill Philistines because they were killing Jews. Next thing you know, he's got his head on her lap. And she's running her fingers through his head. Talking about how much I love you. She had already conspired with the Philistines to find out the secret of his strength. 
And Samson wasted his life. He should have lived longer. He should have done more miracles for the children of God. Anybody know the Bible here? He should have destroyed more of the Philistines. But he played around in a relationship that ruined his life. Don't do it. You know when you waste your life? When you're the center of your own world. When everybody got to live to please you. Me, myself, and I, like the prodigal son. Remember in Luke's gospel, the 15th chapter, the prodigal son who didn't want to work in his father's farm anymore, didn't want to eat at his father's table anymore, didn't want to wait for his inheritance anymore, didn't want to live under the family's name. He said, give me what I got now. I'm headed out of here. If you're going to give me something when you die, I'm not waiting around for you to die. Give it to me now. And he did. And he went and wasted his life. I don't have to tell you the whole story. He went as long as he had his father's money and he could pay for wine and he could facilitate his friends with women and he could play for the band so they could have wine, women, and song. The crowd came around and he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. But when he started running out of money, he, nobody said, come live at our house. Nobody said, come eat at our table. Come and come and, and work on our father's farm. We, you, you were good to me. No, he ended up competing with the hogs for the food in a famine when there was no food the hogs were eating better than him and thank God he came to his senses and he said I will arise and go to my father's house and I'm yelling and preaching today not because I'm trying to be obnoxious but I'm telling you it's time for some of you to wake up and get out of the hog pen and get back to the father's house where there is life and bread and a future and a purpose Somebody clap your hands and thank God for the Father's house. You know how you waste your life? Seeking after things, 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 things. The Bible talks in the book of Luke chapter 12 about a man that's known as the rich fool. And I don't have time to preach it, but he was rich. And he had a lot of grain and a lot of livestock and a lot of land. And his fields yielded a large harvest. And he built large barns and large silos. And he said to himself, son, you've done good for yourself. Now lay back and take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. You got it all piled up. And the Bible said that night the death angel visited him and said, thou fool, tonight thy soul is required of thee. What are you going to do with all the stuff you chased after? I ain't mad. I'm just mad. I am not mad, but I've lived long enough to come by and warn you. I've preached funerals, and recently I've been preaching funerals as if I'm the one killing people. I noticed this about being a pastor of a church for almost 30 years. When I first came here at 28 years old, I was doing all the weddings, young and wonderful and had hair, and I would look nice in the photo albums of the bride and groom. Now I'm worn out. All my teeth is real, though. How about yours? Uh, now they're asking the young guys to do the weddings. And I'm doing the funerals. That's okay. As long as I ain't in the hearse, that's fine. You know, Mike, we need to get some lights over on that side. Because them people are hiding right there. And them people... <laughs> just kidding. 
Listen to me. I don't mind having a, light, having a light moment. You heard me say this before, okay? And if you heard me say it before, understand that when you get older, you repeat yourself. And understand also you have some hard-headed Christians. You've got to say it over and over and over and over. I have the honor in most funeral processions, if I've done the service, to follow the hearse in the procession. The police officers will lead. The hearse will follow. And I will follow by. Dr. Paul Walker had done so many funerals. He passed Mount Perrin Church, 10,000 members for 35 years. So many funerals. He tells us about himself. He was in another funeral another day. He was driving. And he had a senior moment. A senior moment. And he thought, this traffic is moving too slow. <laughs> he passed the hearse. And went on down the road. And it dawned on him. I'm supposed to be following that. And the funeral director realized what happened. And pulled aside. Slots up the whole professional. Processional. And let him get back in. And my wife will tell you to this day, sometimes I get in the car as we leave out and I call and she said, Alan, don't pass the hearse. <laughs> and I tell you all that to tell you things, 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 things. People acquire things, things, things. But never one time in doing a funeral following a hearse have I ever seen a U-Haul hitched up to a hearse where you get to take your TV and your, and your medals and your bank account, and your couch, and your chair, and uh, your title, and your, no, no, they, 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 no, 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 you ain't taking nothing with you. Naked, you came out into this world, and naked, you're going out from dust to dust and ashes to ashes. But we spend our time chasing things like the fool in the Bible who, re, who thought, I got it laid up, and then the, the death angel said, what, you have wasted your life chasing after things, and you have nothing to show for it. We spend our life borrowing money to buy a TV as big as a wall and pay 20% on it when we should have been honoring God and wait till we have enough cash to buy it. I know we need to borrow money for a car. Pay your car payments. If you can't, then don't buy a car. Buy, buy a clunker and pay for it cash. Help me out till you can get one where you can afford, okay? If you can't afford to live in a mansion, just buy you a little hut and live there till you can buy you a house. But we go chasing after all these names. Sometimes uh, tennis shoes cost half the rent of the house. Talking about chasing things. My Lord, this everything will, will rust and perish one day. But the Bible says, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust does not come in and it does not decay. Don't waste your life. Give the Lord a hand clap, somebody. Come on and praise the Lord. Have a yard sale, for goodness sake. Pay off your debt. You ain't going nowhere, just raining. Thank you, brother. Come in here. If you all need counseling, his name is Jeff Merriman. He's getting like me. He ain't got time for junk. Maybe you ought to try this one. Trey Powell, he's young and he likes people. I get some of the best therapy on Sunday mornings. Put it, put it on the screen, put it on the screen. Make the most of every opportunity. 
That's the Holy Spirit. I just, when I get overflowed, the Holy Spirit is okay to do that because I didn't confuse you or the Lord. I was talking to the Holy Ghost. And he's telling me to tell you, don't waste your life. There are three words in the Greek for our English word, time. Look at it. Watch. Clock. Three words in the Greek for time. Only one word in English for time. The first Greek word is the word ora, H-O-R-A. From where we get the derivative, it is the derivative of our word hour. H-O-U-R, like on the hour. The second Greek word for time is the word chrono, or chronos, from which we get the word chronology. And chronos means a period of measured time. You ever heard anybody say, I want to tell you the chronology of the events? I want to tell you the chronology of the events of my life? I want to tell you the chronology of the events of American history. Then the third Greek word is the word keros, K-A-I-R-O-S, which refers to an appointed time. A fixed or special occasion, like right here Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock we have a service, chronos. Every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock we have a chronos time. And and, and there's a fixed time where, where, where you have a birthday. Because God ordained that. So you already know that that's coming. Uh, And then there's in God's economy. He doesn't always tell you when it's coming. But in God's economy, there are moments or seasons when opportunity knocks. Can I get a witness? And, and, And the Bible says, make the most of every opportunity. When the opportunity knocks, don't let those occasions pass you by. I've heard people say, boy, I wish I'd bought stock in McDonald's back years ago. Amen to that, brother. I wish I did too. Coca-Cola. Yeah. I, I bought stock in the Rubik's Cube. What's that? <laughs> well, I couldn't figure it out either, so I didn't buy. I don't, I don't own stock as far as I know. Do you, do you have stock? I bought stock in Valerie, and it just keeps getting better all the time. But it ain't for sale either. I done got me some points there, boy. Hallelujah. Write this down. Seize the opportunities that God has planned for your life today and every day ahead. Please, I know. Oh, God, help me. Listen to me. You remember when the children of Israel came to the border of Canaan after going through the Red Sea? Can I get a nod? Do you remember that the, the chronology of the history of Israel includes 400 years of bondage and slavery in Egypt? And then God raised up Moses and sent him to, to go to Pharaoh and tell the Pharaoh that I've heard the prayers of my people. You have made slaves of them. And for 400 years, them and their predecessors have been slaves. And God sent ten miracles. You remember the plagues, the flies, the locusts, the darkness. You remember ten miracles to prove to Pharaoh and his magicians, you're not stronger than me. And the final miracle was the death of every firstborn of the Egyptians, not the Israelites. Because the Israelites were spared because they obeyed God, killed a sacrificial lamb, put the blood over the doorpost. And when the death angel saw the blood over the doorpost of every Israelite house, he didn't kill their firstborn. I want to tell you there's still power in the blood. I wish somebody heard me. When the devil comes and he sees you covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, he cannot hurt or harm you without God's permission to test you. Israel got out of there and they took all the, all the gold and the silver that they could carry from Egypt. 
They came to the Red Sea and looked like they were going to die in the sea because Pharaoh changed his mind another time and said, look, chase after we go kill them. They're coming back. God opened up the Red Sea and a million and a half to two million people walked through the Red Sea. There was water on that wall and water on that side. God opened up a sea and they walked on dry land and they got the other side and the Pharaoh and his army thought that they could do the same thing and God closed the water on them. Glenn, God's always going to take care of his people, brother. Always. But listen to me. They got to the land. And, and Moses said, and all this time now in getting a million and a half, two million people from there, it took, it took several months. And when they, when, they, when they didn't have, when it was too cold at night in the desert, God sent a fire over their head. There was a fire every night over their head and warmed them. In the daytime when the, the sun would, would burn on the desert sand and the heat would come up from the sand and make the people so hot, God had sent a cloud over their head. Can I get an And every time the cloud moved, they had to pick up camp, put up their tents, and go someplace else. And then they got, they got thirsty, and God gave them water from a rock. And they got hungry, and God sent something like cornflakes every morning. It was on the ground, and they would eat it. And then they said, well, we're tired of the cornflakes. How about some meat? And God sent some quails in the camp regularly, about as high as their knee, and they got meat every time. They, and they had sandals and clothes that they, that they would wear out naturally, but God didn't let their sandals wear out and their clothes wear Somebody help me here. And when they got to the promised land, God said to Moses, Moses sent 12 men. Each tribe of Israel, there were 12 tribes, and take one leader out of every tribe and send them to check out the land. Let them go 40 days. Let them cross over Jordan, hide out and go check out the land and see if it is what I said it was. Because God said it's going to be a land of milk and honey. Can I get a witness? And man, they went in there, 12 of them. Only two of them named I remember. I don't need to remember the other ten. They were losers. I don't want to be no loser. I don't want to be hanging out with no loser. They went in there and they saw the land. Houses were already built. Grape vines were already flourishing. I mean, it was grape, it was grape harvest time. The cluster of the grapes were so big, it took two men to carry on a pole in between their shoulders, one following the other, the cluster of grape. Pomegranates, honey off the comb, so rich. They brought back some vegetation. I mean, there were wells already dug for water. The, the, the garden was already planted. But, but the challenge was there were some people living in the land that were very tall in stature because they came from a descendants of people who were giants in the land. And so 12 of them came back. And all the people, a million and a half, gathered around Moses to hear the report. And, and, and the 10 of them said, you know what? The land is everything God said. Here's some of the honey. Here's some of the grapes. Here's some of the vegetation. I mean, it is, it is, it is a beautiful land. The valleys are lush and plush and the hillsides beautiful and they got so much livestock of cattle and sheep and goat but you know what we can't go in people in there like giants and we like grasshoppers grasshoppers and Joshua and Caleb and, 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 and after these ten guys said well, here it is but we can't go all the people said oh my God Moses you just went and brought us out of Egypt to kill us here we ought to kill you what you get for being a leader 
That's why I didn't buy me no glass pulpit where something can come through. I made me one of these pulpit where it's bulletproof right here. I can preach all day right here. That's what you get for being a leader. Let's kill him. Isn't that what it said? Let's kill him. Caleb stood up. Caleb and Joshua. These are two names I remember. We are well able. I know they got giants. I know they got walls. I know we look like grasshoppers. But the same God who parted the Red Sea. The same God who sent ten plagues in Egypt. The same God who gave us bread and gave us water and gave us meat and flesh. It's the same God. Let's go in at once and take the land. Let's don't waste our time. Let's don't waste our lives. I'm trying to hurry. God said, that's it. I've had enough of you belly aching, grappling, complaining, ungrateful. How many know you, there's a line God's got? And some of you need to have that line in your house. America is raising up some of the laziest, no-count kids. Did I already say that in this service? Oh, good. Because I, I don't remember what I said once. Yeah, we are raising some of the deadbeatest kids. We buy them cell phones. We buy them iPads. We work big jobs and sacrifice. We give them the remote. We buy them video games. And they won't even pick up their own clothes. <laughs> they, they won't even empty the dishwasher. Won't even empty the trash. I don't know where y'all grew up, but I grew up in, in a climate where when I, my mom and dad only had to say it once. That's it. That's it. You know? I mean, you know. And, and I, some of you are raising your kids on the mathematical formula of raising kids, which don't work. That's one. That's two. That's three. That's 469. What your kid needs is the board of education applied to the seat of their understanding two or three times and let them know who's in charge. Because oh, yeah, That's right. And you go ahead and call DFACS for me. Tell, tell them. Yeah, you call DFACS. Matter of fact, you might work for DFACS. And God bless you. I'm not about child abuse. But the Bible says if you spare the rod, you'll spoil the child. Who's paying the bills here anyhow? Whoa, I tell you, I feel the love. I feel the love. I feel the love. I feel the love. Yeah, you, we, we are creating our own. We, we're creating our own problems. Well, let me get back to the Jordan. God said, I've had it. Now, you've crossed the line. And all of you bellyaching, gro- come to the music, if you will. You know how it works at this church. When they come to the music, it makes you think I'm quitting. <laughs> Isn't that great? That's a lovely plan. Uh, you crossed the line, and therefore you're not going to cross the river. All you bellyaching generation of Jews, you're going to have to wander for 40 years. Patty, they had to wander for one year for every day they went spying out the land. 40 days they spied it out, and for every, and some of us have been wandering in the wilderness because we're waiting. We're waiting for somebody to do something for us. Or somebody to say something. Or somebody to beg our pardon or forgiveness. And we're letting bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment. and Let it go. <laughs> did, did, did you ever see Frozen the movie? Let it go. Boy, somebody sent us a, uh, my son-in-law sent us a, a video of an African-American mother in the house with three of her children this week. Did you all see it? 
and they couldn't, they had the spring break or they were out or whatever, the snow kept them from going to school. And, and her, her daughters were singing all the time, Elsa, let it go, let it go. And talking, the, the mother must have done a selfie, a video. If I ever wanted to strangle a cartoon character, I want to strangle them. I think I, she thought the kids weren't listening because they were singing, let it go, let it go. And she said, her eyes, she said, I'm going to kill Elsa. And the little girl said, Mama, don't kill Elsa. <laughs> and her eyes, Mama's eyes, I didn't know she was listening. <laughs> let it go. Don't waste your time. If they don't ask you for an apology, or, or pardon, give you an apology, let it go. Let it go. Don't let nothing keep your prayer life. Okay? 40 years. 40 years they, they wondered. And all of the adults who saw the promised land 40 years ago died. Don't waste your life. The rest went in. Give, give, give me the next bullet really quick. I've got, I got to wrap this up. Because the days are evil. Don't waste your life. Somebody say amen here. I'm not saying amen. Keep the evil going on. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, the days are evil. Sex trafficking of children. The days are evil. 21 Coptic Christians were beheaded this week. Oh, I don't know when, because ISIS has a way of doing their thing and then showing it later. They died because they were Christians, not because they were Egyptians. They were all decapitated because the world is evil and if you think it's bad now you you better be sure you've got your passport for the rapture because you don't want to be here when the antichrist the spirit of the antichrist is already here that's why christians are the most persecuted believers in the world including america the world is evil i said the world is evil I'm not here to be your newscaster, but I'm here to remind you that last year, two 80-year-old precious people who had retired living on Lake Okoe in Georgia were brutally murdered. The husband was decapitated. The wife was taken to the lake and drowned, being bound to two large cement blocks. The world is evil. Don't waste your life. Next slide, please. Understand what the Lord wants you to do and do it. Don't wait for your break. This is your this is your chaos moment today. If you're gonna do if you're gonna do anything for God, start today. If you're gonna start forgiving, start forgiving today. If you're gonna start loving, start loving today. If you're gonna start growing up and reading your Bible and praying and growing spiritually and giving your tithe and offerings and serving in the ministry or the nursery or the youth ministry or the children's ministry or singing in the choir or being an usher or being a, somebody helping this park or going to the nursing home or being in the recovery house or going to the jail ministry, you have a purpose. You either use it or you die because you've lost it. You don't have to be a man with a microphone. You don't have to be a you don't have to be an Oscar winner in heaven to be purposeful. Anybody, of course, help me, Jesus. Every one of you are I'm not more important than you. Who would have thought a little 11 year old boy coming from Trinidad in 1968 would end up being the pastor of such a great church. It's God. It's not me. You, 
you know, I, I sometimes I'm up here and I look, I behave, I know I behave, kind of. Yeah, don't, don't say it because you'll have to apologize. I'm 58 years old. I don't know if I'm going to live as old as my father. He's 85. But Pastor Jeff, if I do, I'm going to make it count just like my father did. Has. So can you. Five things you got to do and I'm going to just show it to you. You take it home. This is your purpose. You were planned for God's pleasure to worship God. Every day, worship God. Every day in your car, in your break room, in your bedroom, in the kitchen. Thank you, Jesus. Number two, you, your purpose is fellowship. It is not good that man should be alone. God didn't want to be alone, so he made Adam. And Adam didn't want to be alone, so he made Eve. And God said, you as believers, believers in Christ, you shouldn't be alone. You should have a church family. Can I get an amen? I come, we come to church Sunday morning, not because we're not live streaming. You can't see somebody else on TV. But we need each other. We need a physical presence to embrace one another, to laugh with one another, to pray with one another, to help one another. We need fellowship. Number three, come, come praise team, please. We were created to be like Jesus. Can I get an amen? What is my purpose? I'm telling you, your purpose is to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. You know one of the tragedies of heaven? Pastor, that's an oxymoron. There'll be tragedy in heaven? Well, it's the only English word I know to describe it. It's when we get there, God asks us, did you come by yourself? Of the billions of people in the world, didn't you tell somebody? Did you bring somebody else? Now, you won't be cast out of heaven. But our rewards in heaven are going to be based on what we do with our time, talent, and treasure now. You got a testimony. Tell somebody. Be like Jesus. Love. Forgive. Evangelize at the well if you have to. At the water fountain if you have to. Go among the sinners. Don't be like them, but just go among them. Number four, very quickly. My purpose, I was shaped to serve God in ministry. Many of the ministries at South Metro Ministries was birthed by people like you. You said God told me. And you started. We got, we got some ladies who come every week. This third row right here. And they put the envelopes in here. Y'all been putting on here? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they put the cards in here. And it blesses this church. We got people who are praying right now. They pray before church, during church, and while they're preaching after and it blesses this preacher. We got people who take their time on Wednesday nights. There they are. And the whole choir. On Sunday morning, they get here at 8 o'clock. And they say, God's given me so much, i got to give back something so I can sing a song for Jesus. Ministry. We got people working in the recovery house. We got, we got people here who gather. Stand up. Both, both of you stand up. It's called Joseph's Storehouse. The pastor, Trey, said, if you could bring some food, if you could bring some canned goods or, or box goods or whatever, it's on the boat, and we can feed some kids at East Calwita Middle School. And we got, they got the house over here. They came and had the ministry already, already going. We got a house on the corner over here. has food, has clothes, has furniture. When, and they give it away. They give it away. Thank you. Yeah, what I'm saying is, 
Don't wait for Pastor Jeff, Pastor Alan, Pastor Trey, Pastor Chad, Pastor David, and whatever, to say, can you do a ministry? Don't wait for an applause, an accolade, or a plaque. Number five, evangelism. Everybody ought to know. Stand, everybody. Everybody, please stand, would you? Everybody ought to know who Jesus is. Everybody. You got a testimony. Some people thinking, you know what? I, I wasn't a drug addict. I wasn't an alcohol abuser. I wasn't a womanizer. I wasn't, so I don't have a testimony. No, no, no. You were on your way to hell. Yeah. You wasn't going to be no, well, I must be a great asset to the kingdom because I didn't do all that. No, you were just, you were just as lost as the rest of those who did all that stuff. But Jesus found you. I said, Jesus found you. And somebody said, I found Jesus. No, no, he found you. Jesus said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and appointed you. Everybody say out loud, I'm somebody. Say it again, I'm somebody. I have a purpose. Bow your heads, please. first time with us, or you're not acquainted with this gift, it's called the gift of tongues. And here is the interpretation. For the Lord would say to the church, this is your chaos moment. This is your moment of opportunity. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, says the Lord. If anyone will answer and open the door of their heart, I will come in to your life. And you will dine with me. And I will be your Lord. The Spirit says to the church, to those who already are in my fold, time is swiftly passing. Do not waste your life, says the Spirit. I have anointed you I have called you. Pick up the mantle again. Open the word of God again. Sing the song again. Rekindle the spark that will lead to the fire that will burn in your soul and your joy. You are my child, but I want to give you greater joy, greater peace, greater purpose. Now is your moment, saith the Lord. If that would be you, step out of the aisle in the aisle and step to this altar. Play for me, brother. If that would be, I'm talking about saved people and unsaved people, any kind of people. If that be you, this is my moment. Get in this altar and raise up your hands and thank God from all over this church. We're not here to look at each other. I'm talking about your purpose. I'm talking about right now. Don't leave this moment. 
Don't leave. If you're not saved, come on up. If you're a backslidden, come up. Raise your hand when you come. I expect that by God's grace, you're going to keep coming from every section of this church. Come on, everybody else, raise up your hands. Don't be looking around see who's coming. Then I'll go. You, you, the Holy Ghost has spoken. And he didn't speak because he just wanted a part in this service. It belongs to him, the service. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Pastor, I don't want to waste any time. I don't want to wait. Come. I want the staff to come and stand among you. I want the elders and their wives. Former elders who are not serving now, but you did come. I want preachers who are in this house. I want spirit-filled people to come. I want prayer and intercessors people to come and stand with them. Come on. I want, if your friend is up here, I want you to come stand with them. Sing, sing for me while they come. We're not leaving this moment. Go ahead. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Shut up. Everybody else, raise up your hands now and sing. Sing. Keep coming, keep coming. I got time. Keep coming, teenagers. Keep coming, single adults. Single mom. Dads. Grandma, grandpa, keep coming.